We didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world's been turning. We didn't light it, but we tried to fight it. Hear all about the fight in the danger zone. Amazing stories, incredible music, terrible singing about military history. I'm Paul. Sit back and relax if you can. If you're driving, don't even think of changing stations. You know how dangerous it is to take your hands off the wheel and your eyes off the road. Gonna take it right the danger zone. Today we know that China is doing fabulously well and winning the cyber and technological wars. How do we know this? Because China is telling us it is. Hang on. China said there was no terrible new virus breaking out from its laboratory in Wuhan and went out of its way to hide the real story. The problem with the pandemic is that sooner or later, you have to fess up. Well, they didn't fess up, but the rest of the world guessed. I mean, it's pretty hard to ignore a pandemic. Makes you think, doesn't it? So the question is, is China doing well in the cyber technology war or not? Are they telling us the truth or not? And the answer is most likely not. Stick with me and in this program I'll give you an answer to that question with a surprise ending. After the collapse of the Soviet Union, America believed that modern technology could only bring more freedom. It was a wonderful thing to imagine, but China has shown us that it is just one of the options. The other is the option that they're pursuing, which is to use technology to reduce freedoms down to zero. The Chinese have aggressively pursued stealing vast amounts of technology from the West with the declared aim of leapfrogging the West. They've achieved a lot in that ambition. But with no small thanks to Xi Jinping, China has been very aggressively and boastfully asserting itself as the future ruler of the world. It has crossed swords with most of its regional neighbours, Australia, the Philippines, Japan and India, to name just a few. It's also asserting itself as the soon-to-be greatest world power ahead of the United States. Its tactics for stealing technology and using ethnic Chinese around the world for spying have been thoroughly exposed, including in many books. Countries around the world are finally starting to act to protect their intellectual property and their national security. China is now believed to be spending, possibly since 2019, more on research and development than the United States of America, though it's not clear how capable China is of coming up with new inventions. Its system of government is the exact opposite of creative invention and innovation. Its obsession with secrecy means that the sort of open, vigorous exchange of ideas that our everyday life in the West just can't happen in communist China. The United States still leads China in cloud computing, satellite technology and semiconductors. In fact, there are many areas where a paranoid, secret, repressive society 
can never overtake Western democracies. Ideally, maybe even essentially, the US needs allies right now to keep China from fulfilling its ambitions of promoting evil as the dominant force in the world. With Australia, Canada, France, Germany, Japan, South Korea and the UK allied to the United States, their combined spend on research and development is greater than China's. If India joins in this body to work against China, then the top eight world economies, as projected in 2030, will then be working in sync to combat China and prevent it exporting its systematic oppression. The gross domestic product of the USA and India combined exceed China's and will through to 2050. After that date, China's share of global gross domestic product will then begin shrinking. India is a critical partner to counter China going forward. China's one-child policy has caused its population to collapse, and India will leave China behind on that front. The flow-on effect of an ageing population will also be crippling to China's race to the top. Dangerously, it is possibly right now in the best position to aggressively pursue its goal of dominance. All of the military hardware it has acquired lately will soon go out of date, and unless it keeps spending a lot of money, it will then begin to fall behind in the arms race. America needs to make its agenda one focused on a coalition not only of democracies. True democracies are few and far between. The choice of allies has to be national self-interest against an aggressive China. Although customers of China's technology and equipment in developing countries run risks, such as opening themselves up to being spied on and becoming entangled in a debt trap, pointing those things out isn't the best way to sell alternative Western products to them and to get them to align with the West. This isn't surprising. It's never been the best way to sell your product by running down your opponent. If you're a Toyota dealer, you don't say to your customer that you should buy my Toyota product because the cars sold by that Mazda dealer across the street are terrible. Your car's got to be sold on what your car has to offer. Pointing out what is terrible about your opponent's product just isn't selling your own. China is like the gun dealer that will sell you absolutely any weapon without doing a background check. And put in terms of cars, the Chinese will sell you a multi-million, possibly billion-dollar lemon without blinking. One example of terrible Chinese product is the data center that was built for Papua New Guinea and Port Moresby by Huawei. Papua New Guinea borrowed US $53 billion from the Export-Import Bank of China for the project. After the project was up and not so running, the Australian government did an assessment of the project. It was a given that there would be poor cyber security protection in the project because everyone knows that the Chinese Communist Party would use what Huawei was installing to spy on the country it was being installed for. No, there was a more serious problem. The data centre failed because it was a dud. 
Papua New Guinea had been sold a lemon. Chinese companies typically oversell their product. They promise standard and performance that they know they can't deliver. Here's another example. The capital of Pakistan, Islamabad, paid US $100 million to Huawei to install one of its safe city systems, which Huawei promised would reduce crime and provide benefits in controlling traffic, etc. Huawei installed nearly 2,000 cameras and laid more than 500 kilometres of fibre optic cable and provided a dedicated wireless network. It built a very impressive 278 square metre command centre. This was the jewel in the crown. This was what you could show the political leaders who would have no understanding of the system overall. This was something they could gawp at and be impressed by. The command centre had 72 screens. It could supposedly withstand a level 9 earthquake and massive explosions. Pakistani government officials who visited the command centre couldn't fail to be impressed. About the only thing the safe city system didn't do was, well, to make the city safer. Sheridan Prasso, a reporter for Bloomberg, reported that after the system was installed and up and running, murders, kidnappings and burglaries in Islamabad rose 33% on the previous year. Half of the 2,000 cameras weren't working. I'm not suggesting that the system increased crime, but maybe the authorities thought that they weren't going to have to try so hard to deal with crime after it was up and running and let down their defences, like a lot. These sort of problems in dealing with the Chinese, that what the salespeople tell you they're selling you and what you get is something far worse, is a powerful selling point for Western technology. So what are China's weaknesses? Is it now irresistibly powerful, dominant, a juggernaut that can't be stopped, like it wants us to believe? The US today is the world's leading hub for international data, and there is no way that an extremely paranoid government like China can allow freedom and privacy protections inside its border to lure worldwide data behind the Great Firewall of China. That just ain't going to happen. That's one advantage that China can never have. America's the home to the world's most innovative companies. China can't allow its people the freedom needed to be able to be creative and innovative. Creativity is a threat to the Chinese Communist Party. The one dominating factor in everything that happens inside China and that China does in the rest of the world is to make sure that the control of the Chinese Communist Party inside China is not jeopardised. I think the Chinese Communist Party can ultimately live without being the greatest economy in the world if it still has absolute control of every aspect of life inside China. America is at the centre of the hub of a global network of partners and allies. That's not possible for the Chinese Communist Party. There is no way that the Chinese Communist Party, locking the world out with the Great Firewall of China, making sure that innovations with unforeseeable consequences that might include jeopardising the Chinese Communist Party 
could overtake or even approach the dominant position of the United States as the world's chief network operator. China has to fake many of its own claimed successes and suppress its own failures. Just look at the Wuhan flu as an example of just how far the Chinese Communist Party will go to achieve the goal of self-protection, even at the cost of the entire world. It's part and parcel of life in the West that very often the failures and flaws of democracies are exposed to public scrutiny, ridicule and contempt. This allows that problem to be fixed all the quicker. Transparency, media scrutiny and the rule of law all make the West stronger. A very tightly controlled society of the kind that the Chinese communists are still working on can only survive. It can never match the West. It can steal and tweak, but it can never be a real competitor. The biggest single threat to the survival of the Chinese Communist Party is the people of China. The only way that the Chinese Communist Party can survive is to keep their foot pressed hard against the neck of the Chinese people while their heads are pressed hard against the pavement. New technologies may make it possible for dissidents in China to circumvent the control that the Chinese Communist Party has to keep to stay in control, and I'll talk more about that shortly. If that control is lost, it's a fair bet that the Chinese Communist Party will be consigned to the dustbin of history, just like the Russian Communist Party was. A useless, vile and self-serving body that only exists for the benefit of the top leaders and is better removed from the world. It's worth having a look at the latest technology development and why it is that the way the Chinese Communist Party run things pretty well guarantees a major failure by them in perhaps the not-too-distant future. It has to do with something called ELOs. Now, if you think China has caught up to the innovative West with its technology, that having lied, cheated and stolen everything science and military from the West, they have now leapfrogged the West, then this story might make you change your mind. Communism is good for not innovating. Innovation is bad. Stealing someone else's work is good especially if they've been good enough to work out all of the bugs. Low Earth orbit satellites is the next big thing. These satellites will orbit the Earth at altitudes between 500 and 2,000 kilometres. That's compared to geostationary satellites that circle the Earth at an altitude of about 36 kilometres. At the start of 2021, there were about 1,800 geostationary communications satellites in orbit. Elon Musk's SpaceX is planning on launching a revolutionary new style of satellite that weigh about 225 kilos each, about the size of an office desk. By 2027, he plans to have launched 12,000 of these satellites after that, he's going to launch another 30,000 satellites. What will these satellites do for using the internet? It will change the internet beyond all recognition. Today's internet will be like using a horse and buggy compared to driving a Ferrari. Transmissions to and from low Earth orbit satellites will have less interference and they will deliver data at ridiculously faster speeds than the geostationary satellites that we use at the moment. Internet's 
speeds of 10 gigabytes per second upload and 30 gigabytes per second download are predicted. At the moment, you might be getting 50 megabytes per second download speed. So the low Earth orbit satellites will deliver speeds that are 600 times faster than what you're getting now. Low Earth orbit satellites have a lot of advantages over the traditional geostationary orbiting satellites. They're easier and cheaper to replace. It's also hoped, expected, that they'll be able to detect launched hypersonic missiles against which there is presently no defence. Perhaps going to the next step, it seems likely that that will lead to the development of defences against hypersonic missiles. The new defence for aircraft and missiles is their speed. Where does China sit with all of this low Earth orbit satellite development? In this case, not well, not well at all. China has always worked on the basis of letting other countries do the hard work of innovating and developing new technologies into working technologies, waiting till the West has gotten all of the bugs fixed and then stealing the technology. But this time, the rules are different, very different. To launch a satellite and operate it, you need to have a slot allocated to you. The Western companies, with gold rush enthusiasm, are acquiring many slots. You have to be using the slot to a legislated extent. It's a case of use it or lose it. So China, which isn't yet in this race really, can't just take slots and park them until it's ready. And that may mean that what's left may not be a lot of use to China. The slots it might be able to get are the slots that aren't of any use, which is why they're still there on the shelf. Horror of horrors for China, the new technology also might make it possible for the Chinese people to freely access the internet without having to go through the government. That could spell the end of the hated Chinese Communist Party. Hopefully the beginning of a new start for China. But looking at what happened in Russia, there are some wives who like being beaten. And the Chinese and Russian people are so used to it that they might just look for someone else to keep up their mistreatment, like Russia found Putin. So in summary, China is an enormous threat. It mostly steals its way towards the top. The West still has enormous advantages over China, which could see it triumph, unless China goes to war and wins. I'll talk about how that could happen in another program. Thanks for joining me in the Danger Zone program. If you liked this program, you'll definitely love my other program, which is insanely called CYKIAE. I don't even know what that means, and that's my program as well. But it is awesome.